This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. It's that time again to retire happy here on the Retire Happy Podcast, teaching you about holistic retirement planning. Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino, financial advisor, fiduciary at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area. John, great to talk to you once again, sir. Is your belly still full from all of the uh, Thanksgiving turkey? Oh, yeah. I I had a good time eating. Now, I stuck to my schedule. I didn't eat till about 2 o'clock on Thanksgiving. But uh, So you still did the fasting. and But that kind of yeah. works for Thanksgiving, right? Because a lot of people do that. They don't really eat. Try, they try to eat very little or not at all on Thanksgiving, then load it up in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. So, and, and we have to, we had to drive up to the in-laws and, you know, pack the car and all that. So that's a good hour or so, you know, when you're packing up the car and the kids and, and then about a 30 minute drive to our in-laws, 20 minute drive. And, and then you say hellos and all that. And next thing you know, it's two o'clock. <laughs> and, eat. uh, then it was go time. So we had a great time and, uh, a lot of great Turkey at, some smoked turkey, a fried turkey. Ooh, nice. You know. So, uh, and on top of that, the week before, you know, I got my clients uh, the the pies from our Julian Pie Company. So, of course, I went in Rome. You know, you have pie. So, we had, you know, Julian Pies the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, it was, the body uh, was a little bit in shock. But, hey, it's one time out of the year. What, what's your top pie? I love the Julian Dutch apple pie. Oh, that sounds good. That, that's just a classic yeah. apple pie. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't and they that. do it right. Yeah. Well, now you're heading up to uh, New York City, I understand. So, yes. On a fun yes. trip uh, on the agenda. Yeah. We'll be uh, tomorrow morning. We'll be on the first flight out to uh, beautiful New York. And uh, are you going up there to ring the bell? Yeah, I would love to ring the bell, but <laughs> no, I I got invited to uh, an elite advisors conference, and yeah, so Wednesday we'll be at the New York Stock Exchange. So excited! I've never been, You'll so it'll to. be a cool little experience. I get to see one of my good buddies out there. Uh, he lives in New York, so I'll spend uh, get dinner with him and check out Manhattan, and then hop on home. I've been to the New York Stock Exchange. I think it was, I want to say I must have been in middle school, maybe, somewhere in that time frame. It was a fun trip. I remember we we got we wrote, uh, rented bikes and rode bikes around the Statue of Liberty. I believe you can do that. Uh, took, we took the bikes on the ferry, maybe, and then came back. I don't know. The memory's a little foggy. Maybe it was still elementary school. But, uh, but then we, while we were in New York City, we also went to the Stock Exchange and got to see all of that happening. And it was pretty cool. It was enjoyable. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to get in there like Tuesday night. And so I'm going to have Wednesday morning. And uh, I, I would really love to get down to the Freedom Tower, but I just don't know if I'll I'll be able to. You know, and unfortunately, it's a business thing. You're in and out. And so, but at least, that's one. At least grab a slice I, the last of time I was there. in New York, the, the <laughs> Twin Towers were still around. So. Oh, wow. So it has been a while since you've been out yeah. that way. Okay. Yeah. So, and then of course, getting back to our typical RV life, uh, I, I get in Thursday night and on Friday I'm packing up and we're taking the, the RV out into the mountains this time. So we'll, we'll actually be heading back out to Julian. So 
probably have more pie that weekend too. <laughs> well, you've got it all planned out, it sounds like, over the next couple of weeks here, getting the holidays off to a good start. Uh, no doubt about it. Well, uh, we're glad you're with us on the show today, and uh, we're only doing one episode in the month of December. So if you're normally used to us releasing two shows, two podcasts per month, uh, we're going to take a break for the rest of the holidays and then come back nice and refreshed and ready to rock and roll in 2020 with some great new topics. Uh, so we're going to, this will be the only one that we're posting this month. And we want to take some time to focus on charitable giving on today's show. And here's what's interesting. As I look at a couple of headlines here, John, Giving USA 2019, giving down in 2018, looking back over the previous year, a CNBC article, charitable giving has dropped in the past year in the wake of the new tax law. Uh, Americans slashed their charitable deductions by $54 billion, according to a Market Watch article. Forbes, charitable giving took a hit due to tax reform. Over and over and over, I'm seeing these articles and these headlines about charitable giving being down, and a lot of the fingers are pointing to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and it's kind of unfortunate to see that, obviously, right? We want to be a charitable and a giving nation. So does that give you pause or concern off the bat here? Yeah, well, and, and you know, it's definitely, they say uh, 86%, I think I've seen statistics that say 86% of people now are claiming standard deductions. And uh, it's a shame that, you know, the donations are down. But, you know, obviously, you know, that's a big incentive. The deduction is a big incentive uh, to be able to donate. And it allows people to donate, right? You're giving money to your charity instead of the government. So, you know, that is unfortunate. And every Sunday, you know, we're in church and my, my pastor always, I, I've been telling my clients this, they're probably going to get sick of hearing this now on the podcast, but I always say how, you know, every Sunday, my our pastor's like, if you're giving cash, make sure you write your name on, on the envelope so we can properly receipt you. And my wife was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, receipt for what? It's not going to be deductible. So, you know, it, it is a shame to see that, um, you know, but that's the way tax policy goes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate that that's been the response. Maybe it was just a knee jerk. Maybe there will be the opportunity to see those numbers go back up in, in 2019. But again, it may be like this for a couple of years, given the Tax Cuts and Job Act and what has happened there. Well, the idea of today's show is to look at that problem donations being down and this being the environment that we're planning to be on for the next couple of years. How can we still do charitable giving? and yet also still get a benefit from it or have some of those tax breaks or be able to deduct those dollars. It may not be as easy or the same as it once was, but you're coming to the table today, John, with some ideas for us about how we can still sort of make that count and get those deductions. So I'm looking forward to what you've got to tell us about today. Yeah, absolutely. Right. What We want to have our cake and eat it too, right? Is that, that's our, our pie and eat it too, given the yes, theme of today's yes, show. Pie, pie, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, we started last month, we talked about Roth conversions and really this is a great time of the year to do tax planning because we have a pretty good idea of what our tax outlook's going to look like for the year. So, you know, and when we're discussing what we're going to do for this podcast, um, you know, it's the holiday season. It's the gift, you know, the season of giving. And, uh, you know, if you're in the car with my wife, you've been listening to Christmas music, I don't know, since mid-November, we've had uh, <laughs> Christmas music on. I've got a, a nonstop loop of uh, Home Alone on in the car. and So it's a season of giving. So how can we give 
but still receive a deduction on your donation. And I think a couple of these strategies, they're going to be a way where, you know, you can give and we're going to look at things not just in a one-year vacuum. We're actually going to look at things over a couple years. And one option that's going to probably become pretty popular with you know advanced tax planning and tax management is the donor advised fund. So you may say, oh, all right, well, what is a donor advised fund? And and that is when you make a donation and you can gift stock, real estate, cash, or business shares, and you're actually going to donate it into a separate donor advised fund. And how this works is you're going to get the deduction for your donation as long as it surpasses the standard deduction. Then later on, you're going to make gifts to charities from that fund. So it doesn't have to be in the next 12 months or even in the next couple of years. There's no time horizon to distribute those funds from the donor advised fund to the charity. So you can do it whenever you want. So you're going to be able to deduct that donation that you made in the one year. So there are some charitable limitations before we start this, right? The IRS states that you can contribute up to 60% of your adjusted gross income in the form of cash. So that means if you're making $200,000 of adjusted gross income on your tax return, you could put up to $120,000 into a donor advised fund and get a $120,000 deduction that year. And if you want to gift appreciated securities, such as mutual funds, ETFs, or stocks, you can actually get up to a 30% of your adjusted gross income in the form of those appreciated securities. So again, a client example, the client has $200,000 of adjusted gross income. They can put up to $120,000 of cash into the donor advised fund, or they could do $60,000 of appreciated stock or investments. And they would get that amount as an itemized deduction for that year. And we'll give you an example a little bit later on. So the great opportunity, especially if you have appreciated um, securities or stock, is let's say you have $60,000 worth of stock. And it within that stock, you've had $40,000 worth of gains. So if you were to sell that stock, you would have a $40,000 tax liability of either long-term or short-term capital gains. Um, you know, and if they're long-term capital gains, your tax could be subject to 0, 15, or 20% of long-term gain rates. But in this example, if you gifted the appreciated stock into the donor advised fund, and once it's inside the donor advised fund, the fund sells the holdings, because the donor advised fund is a charitable entity, it does not realize any of that capital gains tax. So check this out, Walter. You eliminated the capital gain tax on your tax return. You sold the $60,000 of stock inside that fund, and now it's in a diversified managed portfolio. And then from there on out, you can make grants from that fund to whatever charities you choose, hmm. as long as they're a qualified charity, right? Now, it doesn't stop there. You avoided the capital gains, right? So by gifting the securities, instead of liquidating the securities to cash and then gifting it, you actually gifted the securities, you avoided the capital gains tax, and you got the $60,000 as an itemized deduction to go against your ordinary income. 
So there's some real creative strategies that we can use that can lower your deductions. And when we're looking at the donor advised fund, there's really four planning ideas that we'd want to use the donor advised fund in today's environment. And it's all around creating deductions. First, we want to be creating a deduction for capital gain avoidance, right? That is the example that I just shared with you, right? You're donating that the highly appreciated stock to the donor advised fund, you're eliminating the capital gains, and you're getting the full deduction. It's you know the double, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. The second option is, uh, or planning idea is that you can create that deduction for Roth conversions, right? Piggybacking on last month's podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of Roth conversions, especially in a low tax environment. And because uh, the deduction of the appreciated investments for cash, it offsets the ordinary income tax you would face on whatever Roth conversion you are doing. So, you know, it gives you ability to, to either balance out the taxes or increase your Roth conversion. The third is diversifying company stock. And what I mean by this is if you have a, a large concentration of a single stock and the main reason you're not selling it is because you don't want to hit, get hit with capital gains, you can gift a portion of that stock to the donor advised fund and use that deduction to offset the capital gains on another portion of the stock to diversify. And then lastly, you can stagger between itemizing your deductions and standard deductions for your taxes. And this takes some vision, Walter. You're no longer, as, as I said earlier, you're no longer looking at your taxes in a one-year vacuum. And you're going to have a, a, at least a two-year plan. So how would we do this? Well, the first example I'm going to give you is basically a five-year. We're looking at a five-year window here. And in year one, you're going to make a gift of $40,000 into the donor advised fund. Now, let me preface this. You're charitable, right? You give usually about $10,000 a year to your charities, right? The problem is, like we discussed, you're not getting a deduction for that $10,000. So you're going to make the gift of $40,000 in this donor advised fund. You're going to get the itemized the deduction for that donation in that year. Now, over the next couple years, you're going to give that money that was in the donor advised fund to whatever charities you want. So let's say you know, you're following your $10,000 a year rule. You're going to give $10,000 in that year one, year two, three, and four. You're just going to continue giving the $10,000. You're going to get the $40,000 deduction in that first year, but in years two, three, and four, you don't get the deduction for that money, right? You've, you've already gotten that tax break. So what you're going to do is year one, you're going to claim your itemized deductions. Years two, three, and four, you're going to claim the standard deductions, but you're still giving to charities. Got it. So you've still gotten, again, I don't know if this is the right word, but credit for yeah. all $40,000. Whereas if you had just simply put in the 10K each year without that strategy, you probably aren't necessarily bumping yourself up into the itemize those years. Right, right. Okay. And, and again, you know, if you're not, if we're just simply going with a married filing joint tax status, you have a $24,000 standard deduction. You know, and, and in most cases, some people, 
you know, especially retirees, you, yeah, you might get an extra three grand for the couple for being over 65. But if your house is paid off, the only other thing you may have access to deduct is the salt taxes, right? The state and local taxes. And that's capped out at $10,000. So in this example, if you only had the, the salt tax and your $10,000 donation, you're not, you're not exceeding that $24,000 deduction. Therefore, your $10,000 charitable distribution has no deductions to it. So this is a way to at least get a deduction, right? Yes, it does take, you know, $40,000, but you're gifting it from an investment that hopefully you don't, you're not going to absolutely need that money to live off of, right? This has been earmarked for charities and you're getting that deduction at least in the first year, right? And then the next two or three years, two, three, and four, you claim your standard deduction. And then in year five, you make another deduction or you make another gift into that donor advice fund, right? Let's say for another $40,000, you get the itemized deduction in that year. And, you know, the next couple of years, you claim standard deduction while divvying that money out to charity. You know, so it's, it's a repeated process there. That's what we call the concept of staggering deductions. And in this case is a four-year stack, right? We did four years of charitable gifting upfront in the donor advised fund. You made the gifts for four years. And then the fifth year, we reloaded and take another big, you know, itemized deduction. And after we itemize that year, then we claim the standard deduction for the next three years. And really what this allows us to do is not lose the tax deduction because in this case, we received the benefit from the charitable deduction, right? And you got that $40,000 deduction with that $10,000 SALT deduction in, in the example I used earlier. You know, you had $50,000 of itemized deductions in let's say 2019. Whereas if you just went without planning, you would have just had your $24,000 standard deduction and really never got any perks for your charitable giving. So that, that is a, one strategy utilizing a donor advised fund. So the donor advised fund, obviously a lot to that strategy. I mean, a lot of moving parts sort of sounds like it's just a great uh, vessel from which you can then implement all sorts of strategies from it, right? So it's just, right. it's not like, here, here's just this one strategy. It's this, hey, we're going to use this whole other way of thinking about doing donations that's going to kind of unlock a whole bunch of other doors within it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's important. Do we want to donate cash or do we want to donate securities, mm -hmm. right? So it's an advanced tax planning technique. But again, you know, uh, it allows you to give your money to who you want to give it to, the charity, and get rewarded for your charitable philanthropy. Well, we have had the uh, the need for that kind of creativity and that strategy created by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So certainly there is one solution on the table. All right, everybody take a deep breath. I know that was a lot in the donor-advised funds. That one might be worth going back and listening to again uh, if you were interested in it because it was packed full of uh, lots of information. Speaking of being packed, I know I've heard this term revolving around uh, charitable giving before, John. Maybe you can. Maybe this is on your list of you know solutions here. Uh, what about bunching? Is that a strategy that's on your list? Yeah. So, you know, for the people that are sitting here going, you know, they're shell shocked, right? Well, you just told me to put fifty thousand dollars into this donor advice fund, and you know, you know, what if I need that money? Bunching is another. It's another strategy that may not require you to put as much money up. You know, you're not fronting 
couple years worth of donations in one year. But it's very similar to the concept we just talked about. And bunching can also be used for medical expenses, right? Because as soon as you get past a certain percentage of your AGI, your medical expenses become deductible. So what's one concept of bunching using my wife? Not that we've had any medical you know, needs for this year, but she just had to get a root canal. Well, you know, what if it's December and you have a couple procedures and you've had procedures throughout the year, right? You know, maybe your kid broke their arm or, or, you know, you just had medical bills throughout the year that are now deductible. And you're thinking to yourself, you know what, we're just, I'm going to put this procedure off until January of next year. And I'm just going to start right. Well, you may, you know, especially if you can get what the cost of that procedure would be, you may want to get that procedure done before the end of the year, because you may be able to now get that into an itemized area that would be beneficial that if you waited to do that medical procedure in January, you may not get any similar to the donor advice fund. You may not get any perks by waiting in, in terms of the tax deduction. The other area we can look at again, outside of medical and, and coming back to charity is let's say you give a thousand dollars a month, right? You know, every month you just, you have your auto pay to your, your charities, your church, whatever, and you give your $12,000. Well, again, if we fall back to our example, let's say you, you have $12,000 of donations, you only get the $10,000 salt deduction. That's $22,000, right? You're not, if you're married filing jointly, the standard deduction is still the better route to take. So you didn't get your deductions for your donations. So what bunching would be is it's the holiday season. You realize that, hey, you know, we're only going to get $22,000 in deductions. So you may make an additional gift to your charity, right? So in this case, you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to put in another $12,000 to the charity. And you tell your charity, listen, I'm going to gift you $12,000 additional dollars right now. And this is going to be for 2020. So you're not going to get any money from me in 2020. I'm going to front it here at the end of 2019. Well, what did you just do there, Walter? You have your 12000 that you normally gave for 2019. You basically gave the charity another 12000 for 2020. That gives you $24,000. Hmm, it's awfully close to that standard itemized deduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus the $10,000 in the SALT deduction. Now you have $34,000 in itemized deductions for 2019. Similar to the donor advice fund, you're not going to make any charitable donations in 2020. And you're going to claim standard deduction in 2020. Then in 2021, you're going to go back to making your donations again. And if you're able to, you're going to, because this is part of your plan, so you've already kind of know how you're going to go forward with your donations, you're going to make donations in 2021 for both 2021 and 2022. You're going to claim the itemized deductions in that year. And then in 2022, you're going to claim the standard deduction. You're not going to make any charitable donations. So the charities win, you win, and you're no longer looking at your taxes in a one-year window, right? We're looking at them at least in a two-year window and taking advantage, um, you know, if you have the ability to, and getting those deductions, you know, for your charitable contributions. Very cool. So some similarities, it sounds like, between bunching and donor-advised funds, but sort of 
different ways to make it all happen, but same sort of thought process in that we're going to kind of play with the years a little bit to get the advantage in one year and then shift our positioning and sort of uh, how we're going to take uh, the standard versus the itemized in the following years and kind of just playing with the with the years a little bit. So that, I know it's yeah. an oversimplification, but... Yeah, and you know what? Some people might say, oh, this is too much work. Well, uh, let's be honest with you. In, in our office, and we, we tell this to our clients, a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Sure. And you compound that over, you know, retirement is a long-term investment strategy. And you compound a lot of these dollars over a lot of years, you know, that can be a significant amount of money that you're leaving on the table. What about any other strategies you want to make sure we mention other than the donor advised funds and the bunching strategies and the others that come to light? I know everyone listening just loves this podcast and wish I did an hour long podcast, but <laughs> in the interest of time, I'm just going to mention these. We'll have future podcasts um, talking about these, but other things that you might want to just kind of research if you want to keep the gifting within the family is gifting down to your kids or even gifting up to your parents. Um, you know, we'll do future podcasts on that, but in the interest of time, we're just going to stick to the, the charities today. Well, all of these uh, strategies were, were certainly great, and they sound like things that can even be discussed and done in 2019, or, but they're kind of like looking back, right? What if we look ahead to 2020? Are so, there some things, if we then have some more time to prepare or to plan, that we can put some additional strategies in place? Yeah. And I'm going to preface this. This next strategy is for people that are RMD eligible. They have to take out the required minimum distribution, right? So this is, they, they're turned 70 and a half, but you want to make sure you're looking forward to this. And, and this, why I want to talk about this in December is because this strategy has to be the first money out. So if you're going to implore this next strategy, you have to do it the first thing in January, right? Especially if you're taking out money to live off of from your IRAs, you need to take this money out first. So that's why we're talking about this in December. But there is a huge tax benefit for people that are age 70 and a half, and that's called the Qualified Charitable Distribution or QCD. And what this is, is you know, and, and we've we've talked about this in, in past podcasts, right? Once you turn 70 and a half, the government mandates that you take out a, a certain amount of money, a required minimum distribution. So what this does is, and, and this is not only a tax deduction, but this is basically an exemption of income. So it's a very, very powerful strategy. So what happens is, if you have your IRA and you're, you have to take an RMD out, the first money, again, I'm going to repeat this over and over again, the first money for that year that has to come out, you're going to do what's called a qualified charitable distribution to a charity. Now, there's a couple rules here. First, your age, right? You have to be 70 and a half. Second, the money has to be paid directly from your IRA custodian to the qualified charity, okay? You cannot take this money out as cash and then give it to the charity. It doesn't work this way. It's, it's very similar to when you were rolling over an IRA or a 401k, right? You wanted that money to go from custodian to custodian. Now, some people like to give checks. They just like to 
to give that check to the charity and they like to have that personal transaction. If you are one of those people that need to have the check and you want to give it to your church in person or your charity in person, you need to make sure your custodian of your IRA makes that check out to the charity, not you. Okay. And I always advise my clients, if we're going to do this and you're going to get the check, Xerox a copy of the check, make sure you're you're notating that this is a qualified charitable distribution and retain that for your tax professional because it's going to make things a lot easier and you're going to ensure that this qualified charitable distribution actually gets claimed on your taxes. So you make the distribution, right? And like I said, what basically happens is the benefit of the qualified charitable distribution is that that income basically vanishes right off their tax returns. So let's say you have a $60,000 RMD for 2020. And the first thing you do in January is you're going to take $10,000 of that because that's what you like to give the charities. And you're going to make that $10,000 qualified charitable distribution to whomever, right? So they're going to you're going to instruct in in our case TD Ameritrade to make the $10,000 check out to that charity. And when you go to do their taxes, instead of having $60,000 of ordinary income from your RMD, because that's what an RMD is, just a distribution from your IRA account, so it's ordinary income, you're only going to have $50,000. So that income is just removed right off their return. One other important thing to note is that you can contribute up to $100,000 per year per person in a qualified charitable distribution. So if you're a married couple and you both have huge IRAs with huge RMDs and you're very charitable, you could potentially you know, donate $200,000 via qualified charitable distributions. So that's huge because that's not a deduction, that's an exclusion off your income. So that is a very, very powerful thing. And why would some people want to take advantage of this, right? Well. First of all, you're getting, you're doing good by the charitable giving. You're getting a huge benefit in the exclusion of income. But, you know, think about it. There's a lot of people out there that are right on the cusp of Medicare premiums. And, you know, if you go $1 over, you know, you can pay as much as $60 a person for Medicare premiums just because you went a dollar up in that threshold. So, you know, something like this can help alleviate the tax torpedoes of Medicare taxation, Social Security taxation, this could really have a very powerful uh, trickle-down effect in your overall tax liability that you really don't, that you don't see every day. So you're doing good, and if you properly have things planned out, it can have a much more exponential benefit than just that deduction off your income. Really interesting to see all these different strategies sort of come together here, John. And I know that uh, people may have questions about these, you know, different moving parts and the, the donor advised funds, the bunching, the QCDs and that kind of thing. If somebody wants to talk to you about this or or who might be a good fit for these strategies, if somebody's not sure if this is something that they should look into or not. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're charitable, obviously you're a good fit. We want to try to, as our pastor says, properly receipt you and, and get you a benefit for your your giving. And another another thing is is if 
you believe taxes are going to be higher in the future, you can use these strategies to help alleviate your current tax um, situation when you're doing Roth conversions, help alleviate that tax. So tax planning is for everybody. It's not just for the ultra wealthy, it's for everybody. And, you know, last but not least, if you're a person that wants to, that you believe that a dollar saved is a dollar earned, then you're a prime candidate for tax management. Well, if that sounds like you, then this is a great opportunity to pick up the phone, give John a call here at the end of the year and start discussing some of these things. If you've got a charitable heart and uh, you would like to take advantage or learn more about some of these different strategies we've discussed, give a call to 858-935-6210. You can talk them out with John, 858-935-6210. Also, always online at gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com, your place to go on the website. Uh, We'll put links and uh, the phone number in the description of today's show. So check that out if you're listening on any of uh, the popular podcasting apps out there. Just look at the show description. We'll put all the resources you need there to find out more information and how to get in touch with John and all that good stuff. Very interesting, John. Um, Lots of buzzwords in today's show. Lots to unpack. Might be worth a second listen, especially if somebody is, uh, you know, charitable and thinking about making some of these donations and maybe making some changes to take better advantage of the situation. Because like you said, a dollar saved is just as good as a dollar earned. And uh, the more you save now, the more charitable you can be in the future as well. So not a not yeah, a bad thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool, and sir. Tis the season, right? Tis the season. The holidays. It's almost like we planned the, the topic for the season, right? That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. We really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your holiday season and uh, all, all the great couple of weeks that are coming up and a happy new year. And uh, we'll have a new podcast ready to go right as we uh, roll into 2020. So I look forward to getting yeah. back to back into the swing of things with you here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the subscribers and supporters and uh, clients. I want to wish you a a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, safe and uh, Happy New Year. I I truly appreciate your loyalty, your friendship. Thank you, Walter. And uh, it's, you know, I've had a blast rolling out this podcast with you this year. And uh, last but not least, not only is December uh, Christmas time, but uh, I want to give a shout out to my uh, my buddy. My uh, son, Jake, is going to be turning seven here in a couple weeks. So uh, happy birthday, buddy. I love you. I'm proud of you. And uh, we're going to have some fun. Go Jake. Awesome. Happy birthday to him. Absolutely. Uh, Very cool. We are uh, having a great 2019, but it's almost over. So time to turn the page to a really fun 2020. We'll have lots of great topics on the way in the new year. By the way, if you want to submit a topic, uh, something you want us to discuss, please do so. Uh, Go to gosecurus.com and uh, write into us. Use the contact page. Let us know what kind of topics or questions you have, and we'll do shows on those things as we go through 2020. So if there's something you want to hear more about, we're happy to break it all down. For John Amarino, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you on the next edition of the Retire Happy Podcast.
investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.